Life Audio. One of the things that I'm really passionate is about helping women to understand how important it is to read scripture within the context of scripture. When we get into trouble is when we start cherry picking or pulling out verses in isolation. And that's twofold. I mean that within the context of the surrounding scriptures, what's before it and what's after it, but also within the context of the entire storyline of scripture. Jesus will never act contrary or contradictory to how he acts elsewhere in scripture. So we're going to talk about that and more today. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are in day four of the study of Mary, and we are going to look at John chapter 2, verse 1 through 11 again, and we're going to be focusing on the wine. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there are six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing twenty to thirty gallons each. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim, and he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him, and when the head waiter tasted the water which had become wine, and did not know where it had come from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poorer wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of his signs, Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Okay, so today it's going to get good. We're going to talk a little bit about the supernatural. And specifically, have you ever done that before when you're reading God's word? Look through the things that only God can do. One of the things that we do in this Bible study is we use the color method of study. And each day I'm teaching you to look for something different in this same passage. Today's focus is on the supernatural. And I want to encourage you to do that all the time when you were reading through scripture. What are the things that are happening in this narrative that only God can do? And then pretty soon what happens is God starts revealing himself, not just in the supernatural ways he works in the scripture, but the, the supernatural ways he works in our own lives. So. As we went through our story yesterday, we talked about the way that God revealed himself to the servants supernaturally. And so um, they are at a place where they have been commanded by Jesus to take water. Remember, it's still water when they have it in their pitchers and take it out to the head waiter. And so what happens when the servants take the water out to the head waiter? 
the head waiter tasted it, and the water had become wine. Did he know where it came from? Scripture says no. Who knew where it came from? The servants did. And although the head waiter was surprised, and he was pleased by the wine, he didn't know. The servants knew. And so the servants knew this miracle, this is what we talked about yesterday, it had taken place, and they were close enough to be part of what Jesus was doing. And who did he use? He used the servants. They were part of that miracle. I just love that. My faith and obedience is what allows me to be a part of what God is doing. How does the head waiter respond when he tastes the wine that the servants bring to him? He says, every man serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then he serves the poorer wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. There are so many ways that this passage is taken out of context, but I want to point out a couple things. And remember, we're reading in light of the culture of the time. This has been a week-long celebration, and now we are nearing the latter part, the end of the week. And so the way that wine was handled in this culture is differently than how we think of wine today. So grape juice would have been boiled down to make a concentrate that could be stored, because remember, we there was no refrigeration. And so they would reconstitute the grape juice as needed. So because of this, it was like a watered-down juice drink, basically. It was not distilled. And there was very little alcohol content in it. It's not like everybody was drunk to the point what we would expect people to be drunk as right now if they're drinking, you know, fresh, completely fresh stuff all the time. Um, and it's not like Jesus is then creating a miracle in order to give them alcohol to keep on partying. partying. In fact, the opposite of true is true. Um, Jesus' heart is never for addiction. That, that, I mean, we have to, that's what I'm saying. We have to read through the lens of Jesus. And so it's not like this is just, hey, party, addiction, and uh, keep going. No, that's not what's happening. The opposite. He says, choice new wine is what would have been made. It would have been the fresh, sweet juice. Choice new wine would have been, it was freshly made. It would not have even had time to ferment even a little bit. So the taste of this quote unquote new wine would have been sweet and unlike anything that they had been given before. And so the heart of Jesus is to set captives free, not to encourage behavior that would lead to an addiction. And so we need to remember that everything we read is through the lens of who Jesus was and who we know him to be. But wine is important because it represents things throughout scriptures. If we look throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, wine is a metaphor for God's blessing and joy in the biblical times. And so there's different scenarios we can look and we can see. Um, but this word that is translated from the original text, when he's talking about turning the wine, the water into wine, is the word poieo. And I, I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right, correctly, but poieo means, it's P-O-I-E-O -E from the Greek. It means expressing an action as completed. So it means just producing or forming or bringing about or causing or completing this action. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll finish up talking about the heart of Jesus setting the captives free. Stay tuned. And if you think about what we're talking about, the water being turned into wine, something tangible, a completed action, it's done. 
there's other places that we see this wine become a symbol. And in Luke chapter 22, verse 20, it talks about Jesus's wine is his blood poured out for you. So think about communion. Think about wine. Poeo, completed action. It's finished. Declaring his finished work on the cross with his very first miracle manifestation of glory is the picture that we see in this passage. Before he even starts, he's finished. And so it begins. This redemptive work on the cross, this opportunity for our joy to be complete so we can experience that new wine that he has to offer so that he can cover the disgrace that we did not even know we were going to have without his intervention. It's finished. That's his love. That's his life. It's poured out for us. Does that hit you the way it hits me? That's our heart check for today. And we're ending with that today because I think it's important for us to sit with that for a while today. I want you to spend some time reflecting on that. Go ahead and pause it. And then I'm going to pray. God, thank you so much for your finished redemptive work on the cross and the way that you have protected us from things that we don't even know we need protecting from. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the supernatural miracle of who you are and the way that you continue to intervene for us in our lives. Lord, I pray that today, as we meditate on your word and the way that you have worked on our behalf, God, help us to recognize who you are, how much you love us, and the way that you've laid down your life for us, that it's finished. Thank you. We praise you, Lord God. I pray that you continue to call us to yourself as we learn more about who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.